Welcome to a new week of Mindful Moments of Mars. Um, at time of the release of this audio experience, episode 156 of Mindful Moments of Mars, I will have attended a performance of Garth Brooks' musical country music legend Garth Brooks. I will have attended a concert of his yesterday. Yesterday, from the perspective of the day that it is today when this audio experience episode is released. Currently, and when I say currently, I mean now, at the time of recording of the audio experience, I have not attended that experience, that audio experience. Oh, it's a Garth Brooks audio experience where he's going to use going like this to explore the concept of, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not familiar. I'm not deeply familiar with Garth Brooks. I expect to become deeply familiar with Garth Brooks in between now at time of recording and now at time of the release. So between now and now, I expect to become intimately familiar with Garth Brooks. Not in one of the ways that people can become intimately familiar, but in the way in which one person puts their heart and their soul and their blood and their tears and whatever else goes into country music into their art. And they uh, express that audibly and then another person listens and nods maybe even taps their foot maybe a little foot tapping to try and synchronize their self with what is being expressed but between now and now that will have occurred and i will be forever changed possibly or not i don't know um What's that similar to? It's similar to the experience of Gek, the character from Chessmen of Mars, who also had musical experiences. Uh, he heard music for the first time uh, being whistled and hummed and then sung by Tower of Helium. And now he sits nursing his anger. Let's, let's join him and see what he's doing. Gek, in his happier days, third foreman of the Fields of Lud, sat nursing his anger and his humiliation in his rich inner life. Recently, something had awakened within him, the existence of which he had never before even dreamed. Had the influence of the strange captive woman aught to do with this unrest and dissatisfaction? He did not know. He missed the soothing influence of the noise she called singing. Could it be that there were other things more desirable than cold logic and undefiled brain power? Was well-balanced imperfection more to be sought after then than the high development of a single characteristic? He thought of the great ultimate brain towards which all Caldenes were striving. It would be deaf and dumb and blind. A thousand beautiful strangers might sing and dance about it, but it could derive no pleasure from the singing or dancing, since it would possess no perceptive faculties. 
A little reminder, because this is going into some lore that was explored in a previous chapter. Gek explained to Tara that the end goal of Kaldene's civilization was to evolve towards a point where they had no use of physical bodies, that they were just a perfect brain separate from the world, and they could, with their perfect brain, reason and think about things, but have no external stimuli. Gek is now imagining that perfect brain having thousand, a thousand people dancing around it and singing around it, which I think is a fantastic concept. Um, I think you would maybe need a little velvet rope around the brain so that no one steps on it, but it's a good concept and I'm excited by it. Already had the Caldenes shut themselves off from most of the gratifications of the senses, Gek wondered if much was to be gained by denying themselves still further, and with the thought came a question as to the whole fabric of their theory. After all, perhaps the girl was right. What purpose could a great brain serve sealed in the bowels of the earth? And he, Gek, was to die for this theory. Lud had decreed it. Sorry, I burped after each of those sentences I just read. Um, that's unpleasant. I didn't really need to tell you that. And uh, with that shameful uh, expression of, well, no, you know what? I think it's actually apt. Because Gek is saying, we're not perfect brains. What even is a perfect brain? We're, we're beings. We're made of flesh and blown Fresh and blown. We're made of... I don't know. We're made of something. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you something something else, do we not something something else? I don't know that whole speech. I think it's from some Shakespeare thing. Horatio? No. Oh, who was the fellow who was a fellow of infinite jest? And he was he had become a skull. Well, we're made of skulls. A lot of us, we have skulls. Um, who was a fellow of infinite jest? Who became a skull? Well, it's got to be in there somewhere. So Hamlet sat down on a, on, a, on a rock, picked up a skull, and it was a guy who he used to knew, who he used to know, who was a fellow of infinite jest. Who was that guy? I didn't know him. Hamlet knew him. So if you can excuse me not knowing his name. Hamlet knew his name. Horatio? Was it Horatio? Oh, it's, it's, I feel like it's right there. Um. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to progress with this right now. Why am I talking about it? Because I'm talking that we are all made of skin and bone. We all have a skull inside our head. And if you prick us, do we not bleed? And this fellow was of infinite chest. That, and, and sometimes we burp. And that should, that's, we don't need to hide away from that. We don't need to lock ourselves in the bowels of the earth and have a little velvet rope put around us and have a thousand people dance and sing around us. We don't need to do that. Although... 
you, I can see the appeal, um, but we don't need to do that. What we need to do is burp when appropriate and excuse ourselves when the customs and etiquette of our company uh, make that the appropriate thing to do. So I apologize for burping. Um, and there wasn't, I didn't mean to do it. I think uh, it just happened. Um, I hope you'll forgive me. Horatio? Why do I keep going back to Horatio? I feel like Horatio is similar to whatever the name is. I'm just going to have to look it up. Um, but while I'm looking it up, I'll tell you a really interesting story about a dung beetle. Once there was a dung beetle, and his name was Just Justin Poops. And he was the best at rolling poops around. It's very difficult to write a search into a search engine while also saying words that are not the words you're writing. He was a fellow uh, of infinite rolling poops. And everyone thought that her Justin Poops was the best um, guy at that. And then a new beetle came into town called Dustin Crap. And they had a race and um, Dustin Crap. I hope these aren't considered swear words because I, I don't want to have to update the thing that says this is a, a rude podcast. Um he, well, I think the word crap comes from the guy Thomas Crapper who invented the toilet, right? So it's a guy's name. It's not rude. And poops is, surely everyone poops. Um, he was a fellow of Infinite Jest. That's how everyone referred to Dustin Crap. Um, so he won, but then he had a kind of a joke about it. So Justin Poops felt bad at first, but then he realized that Dustin Crap was actually a really nice guy. And... Um, they uh, they got on. Oh, look at this. Okay, so um, alas, poor Yarek. I knew him, Horatio, a fellow of Infinite Jest. Is that the quote? Of most excellent fancy. He hath borne me on his back a thousand times, and now how abhorred in my imagination it is. Alas, poor Yarek. So Yarek is the dead skull guy. I knew him, Horatio. I don't know who Horatio is. Is he a person listening? To I thought this was a soliloquy. I thought this was a soliloquy up on this joint. A fellow of infant chest, a most excellent fancy. He hath borne me on his back a thousand times, and now how abhorred in my imagine it, imagination it is. I don't know Hamlet very well. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed the story, but... Justin Poops and Dustin Crap. <laughs> Support me on Patreon. Let's take a breath.